Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In the Gospel for this weekend, the Israelites hear a teaching that they've never heard before, someone that actually teaches with authority, as if he were the source of the teaching itself. Notice how the Gospel begins. Then they came to Capernaum. We'll stop right there. Capernaum is a nearby town or village that is close to Nazareth, where Jesus grew up, which tells us that most of the people in this town or village They know Jesus. They know his family. They watched him grow up from a boy to now a man. And so they know that he is the son of a carpenter. And yet he's waxing and waning so eloquently and profoundly about the faith. Now, it says the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. Remember, the Bible is originally written in Greek. The Greek word that is used here for authority is kephale, kephale, which runs translated also means source. So to truly understand what's going on here, Jesus is teaching with authority as if he were the source of the teaching. And he is. He is the Son of God. Often Jesus would refer to himself as the Word of God. Go back to John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Well, Jesus knows the law and the prophets intimately because he is the source of the law. He's the one that created the law and gave it to the Israelites. He is the one that whispered into the prophets' ears so the prophets could teach the Israelites everything that God wanted them to know. So Jesus speaks with authority. He is the source of the teaching. Therefore, we shouldn't be astonished by that. You know, we as Catholics need to realize that there are really two sources of God's divine revelation and how he reveals himself to us. One is by sacred scripture. The other is by tradition, our sacraments, our doctrine, our dogma, things that we've developed over the past 2,000 years. Those are the two fonts that we drink from. The source of those fonts, Jesus Christ himself. Therefore, we shouldn't be surprised that Jesus teaches with authority. Why not? He is the source of that authority. And yet, for the people in the synagogue, they're astounded by that. Now, there's at least two reasons for that. First and foremost, it says he did not teach as the scribes did. Now, the scribes were the traditional teachers of that age. They taught the law and the prophets and doctrine, but they relied upon other people for help. They relied upon other people to help them interpret scripture and tradition. They didn't teach as if they were the authority, as if they were the source of the teaching itself. Now, another reason why the people in the synagogue were astonished 
is what I would refer to as that they suffer from the principle of familiarity. Remember, Capernaum is very close to Nazareth, where Jesus grew up. So these people saw Jesus. You know, they saw him as a little boy growing up to now becoming a man. And they knew that he was the son of a carpenter. More to it, they knew he never was sent away for formal education or formal training in the faith. Remember St. Paul, his life at a very early age, his parents sent him away to Jerusalem to study under the great rabbi Gamaliel of the time. And there Paul, you know, studied for years under this rabbi and he became very intelligent in the ways of the faith the prophets, the scriptures, the tradition, and the teachings. Well, Jesus didn't receive any of that. And yet now he stands in the synagogue and he is able to speak so eloquently about the faith and scriptures. You know, in some ways it would be for us. We know that little boy or girl next door across the street. We've seen them grow up from a very early age and now they're an adult. And we know that they never went to school. They never went to grade school, high school, or college. And yet now they talk to you very eloquently, very profoundly about physics and math and science and English and medicine as if they were schooled in these things. We would be astonished ourselves at this. Now, it says the people, because they knew Jesus, you know, they rejected him. They didn't see him as the Messiah. That's why Jesus says a little bit later, a prophet is not without honor except in his native place in his home. And that's why he was able to perform very few miracles there in his homeland. The people had a very superficial understanding and knowledge of Jesus. Again, they saw him as the son of the carpenter. How often does that happen to us? We fall into that trap ourselves. You know, we say to ourselves, I know God, I know the faith, I don't need to learn about it anymore. Well, if we do that, then we fall into the principle of familiarity. You know, we essentially box up God in our own way. You know, we learn as much as we want to learn about our faith or our relationship with God. See, what's essential is what we have embarked upon in our parishes here. For the past year and a half, We have embarked upon evangelization, and a critical component of that is lifelong faith formation, one in which a person says our entire life should be always one in which we're learning many different aspects of our faith, whether it's art or architecture, music, sacred scripture, history, or the lives of the saints. Our Catholic faith is inexhaustible. The more we grow in the knowledge of our faith, the more we avoid that trap of the principle of familiarity. And most importantly, the more we come to know who God is and the life that we share with him. I once had a professor at Mundelein Seminary where I was trained. He once told me, if you want to learn every aspect of the Catholic faith, whether it's doctrine, dogma, or sacred scripture, he said it would take you about three lifetimes to learn it all. Well, we shouldn't be intimidated by that. Instead, we should be motivated by that to grow and be energized by so much there is to know about our faith. Now, another thing that I want to highlight here in the gospel is the power that is associated with the word of God. Now, in the gospel, Jesus, by his very words, he heals this man 
who is possessed by a demon in the synagogue, and he sets him free. God's word has a power to change and create. Just look in the first reading. God says to Moses, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their kin and will put my words into his mouth. Well, God raises up prophet after prophet after prophet throughout salvation history, and he places his words in their mouths. And it is the word of God that has the power to change hearts and minds and the conscience of people. And yet, what is so interesting, the prophets, they all speak different messages based upon the time and the season and the people that they address. I'll give you some examples. Moses, he speaks the words of liberation to a people that is enslaved in Egypt. Amos, he speaks the words of social justice to a people that needs to care for the poor and the sick in their environment. Ezekiel, he speaks the words of resurrection to a people that believe death is finality. More to it, God's word has a power associated with it, a power to create. Go back to Genesis and the story of creation. How does God create this entire universe? Does he lift up his sleeves and create by his very own muscle and the sweat of his brow? No. Instead, by his very word, he creates everything. God said, let there be light, and light came forth. God said, let the earth bring forth all kinds of creatures, and they sprang into being. God said, let us create man in our own image and likeness, and humanity was created. By God's word, our entire universe was created. Now, where do we, we, in our own day and age, see the power of the word of God creating? Well, in the Mass. Specifically, in the scripture readings, changing our hearts and our minds, but also in the consecration. Here we see the power of God's word on display. When the priest raises the host at the time of the consecration, and he says, take this, all of you, and eat it, for this is my body. Well, now, those words have the power to change the bread into the body of Christ. Next, he says, take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood. Well, those words have the power to change the wine now into the blood of Jesus Christ. How so? Because those words are the words that Christ himself spoke at the time of the Last Supper, as attested to by St. Paul, Mark, Luke, as well as Matthew. And see, the power of the word of Christ has the essential power to call forth the Holy Spirit to descend upon the altar and change the wine and the bread into the body and blood of Jesus Christ. We have to realize if the power of God's word has the ability to create this entire universe, then it has also the ability to change the bread and the wine into the body and blood of Christ. But it doesn't stop there. God's powerful word changes us. It forms our heart, our mind, and our soul, our conscience, so that we can live as discipleship in Christ. And see, through the power of prayer, as well as the Eucharist, God's word speaks to us, and he changes our heart, our mind, and our soul. That's why what we have to realize, the two things that are critical to us as Catholics, daily prayer and weekly Eucharist. 
Those two things cannot be replaced. Those two things are vital to us, essential to us growing in the knowledge of our faith and seeing the presence of Christ in our life than being able to live out our faith as true disciples of Christ. And see, therein holds the message for this gospel for this weekend. First and foremost, we have to avoid the principle of familiarity, like the people in the gospel. What we have to do is recognize we live in a lifelong faith formation. We must continue to always grow in a greater knowledge of our faith so that we can truly see the presence of God in our life and act upon it. More to it, we have to recognize the power of the Word of God that is being spoken to us each and every day of our life. And we must assume the proper disposition for that Word so that we can always take it in, listen to it, and understand it. And the two critical components for that, daily prayer and weekly Eucharist. When we are able to do those two things, then the power of the Word of God shapes and transforms us to be living disciples of Jesus Christ, the Word of God himself. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.